Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Mike Apatrio, joined by my good buddy, Mr. David Menkoff, here to break down this wonderful Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, I'm all over the place, Dave, tonight, Wednesday, <laughs> December 1st show, we got nine games to talk about, Dave, how are we doing? I'm doing fantastic, I'm excited to differentiate between a Tuesday and a Wednesday with you today, so I'm, I'm excited, yeah. ha- happy to be here, um, it's been a couple couple weeks since i've been able to have the pleasure of joining you on one of these so i'm excited to jump into a nice slate tonight it is a nice slate and, and in my own defense it is tuesday we're recording this but it's for a wednesday slate so uh <laughs> no excuse though no excuse man i've been i've been off the rails uh i think since we jumped on even before the call but we got nine games to talk about my friend we were we were chatting about the slate a little bit before we got on actual air and it's interesting. For I think that's the easiest way you could say it, um, the simplest of ways. But before we jump into anything, quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, head over to manscaped.com. Check out their full line of male grooming products. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20, and you get 20% off plus free shipping on your entire first purchase. So, Dave, I, I've, been, I've been chatting with all my friends up. I said, get the lawnmower 4.0. And then they said, you know, at that price, I might as well just get the perfect package kit. And I said, there you go. You did it for me. I didn't even need to sell you. Uh, it comes with a little bit of everything. It comes with the toner. comes with the conditioner. comes with the lawnmower 4.0. comes with the, I think Santino and I talk about this all the time, the compression boxer shorts are the comfiest boxer shorts I have. Um, not going to say I wear them every day because I think that's not hygienic, but I wear them on my special occasions. I can tell you that much. Uh, and then it also comes a neat little travel kit. So, guys, head over there. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20, and you get 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped dot com so dave we're gonna we're gonna dive right into this man and i'm glad you're on the show i I know you said you had the pleasure of joining me i have the pleasure of having you on which is i think i think i'm getting the the better half of this deal here but we'll start off first game of the night minnesota traveling to washington taking on the wizards as of right now 214 and a half game total washington being favored by three patrick beverly still out Anthony Edwards, uh, Jaden McDaniels, and Jared Vanderbilt all being considered questionable. Edwards dealing with an illness, non-COVID related. And for the Wizards, it's just Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura. I'll let you start us off, kick it off at the top, Dave. Who are you looking at for the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah, I think you touched on it. There's a few questionable price tags that are going to make it very interesting uh, in terms of the Timberwolves' perspective, who we're going to look at. Um, I think... If we get news Anthony Edwards is out, um, I'm pretty confident in going after Malik Beasley. Um, he's a guy that has been getting minutes in the high 20s. Uh, if Edwards is out, he should be able to get uh, minutes in the high 20s again. And he's been putting up pretty consistent fantasy numbers. But at 4,500, I'm willing to, to, to take a shot here against the Wizards uh, in Washington. So I, I like Beasley quite a bit at that lower price tier. Uh, if Vanderbilt plays, I like him at 5000 It's a little bit uh, too high of a price tag, but he should be able to to get close to a double-double if he does get minutes. Again, we have to monitor those injury news. Luckily, uh, it's in one of the earlier slates, the earlier games on the slate. Apologies. So uh, I'm going to be looking at that very closely to see who I'm looking at. And then as far as the high price guys, D'Angelo Russell, 8400 has been on an absolute tear uh, the last couple of games. Do I trust him normally? No. Um, and he's priced over 8,000 for the first time this season, but he's been playing great basketball 
And again, if Edwards is out, um, he's another guy that should have a rock solid floor and a pretty, pretty nice ceiling as well. And then the, finally, I'm, I'm going to have some shares of Carl Anthony Towns and 9,500. Uh, that price tag is hovering at a point where it's worth attacking, um, especially with Edwards potentially out. His usage will also skyrocket along with Russell and the rest of the guys I mentioned. So something to, to monitor as well. Um, if if everyone plays, um, I'm not going to have a bunch of just in pounds. I'm going to be looking at Russell as a number one, and then I'll sprinkle in some Anthony Edwards as well. Uh, what about what about yourself? I'm very much kind of in line with what you're saying. If Edwards sits, I think the two guys I'd look at the most would be Beasley, Russell. I'd probably have a good majority of Beasley. He'd probably be fairly chalky, and I, it seems like chalk just to eat. He's playing high 20 minutes as it is now. If Edwards sits, I think we're looking at 34, 35 minutes pretty comfortably. They'll probably end up starting a Koji um, again, uh, regardless of whether or not Vanderbilt's able to suit up or not. He would probably be the guy that draws a start, which we're fine with. I think I'd rather have Beasley come off the bench and have that bench usage. And then I think Russell would be in play even at that price tag. Um, if Edwards plays, I'm probably not going to have much to do with anybody in this game, to be honest. Uh, just a big slate, a lot of guys to spend up on, a lot of guys to go around and look at. And... You know, Washington's been playing better defense than most people give him credit for. So I just, that's just the way I'm looking at it. It's worth noting Towns uh, put up 32 actual points in that last game. Still only managed to finish with 41 fantasy points, which is a little bit of a shocker because he also had eight rebounds because there was nine turnovers. Uh, I don't think he's going to have nine turnovers again, probably for the rest of the season, but he's in a good spot. And if you're looking for like a mid-tier guy to spend up on, I say mid-tier compared to like the other 11, 10K plus guys on this slate available. Uh, he's, he's in a decent spot. Gafford's dealing with a thumb injury, so I'm not necessarily scared off that defense, but really I'm just waiting to monitor that Edwards news. And if he sits, I think Beasley is probably one of my number one targets to look at and probably one of my favorite value plays on the Washington side of the ball. Very similar, uh, not probably playing anybody. I mean, Gafford will be in play. I always talk about centers going against Carl Anthony Towns, something I like to target. He's not, hasn't got a price bump despite three straight games of 30 plus DK points. Dealing with that thumb injury, um, not on the injury report, though, so it's not too severe, clearly. He's going to be playing. Nothing to worry about there. Uh, but at 4800 I think he's still in a very, very comfortable price range and decent target to take a look at. But that's probably going to be about it for me. I just haven't been playing much of Beal, and when I have, I've just been left holding the bag, a little disappointed. Um, 9K, you're really looking for 45-plus DK points, and there's a lot of guys on this slate, and he could get it done. It's Bradley Beal. But it seems like he's, you know, the usage is still somewhat there. It's just nowhere near where it was last year. I mean, Dinwiddie and Kuzma are absorbing a lot of that. So that's probably it for me. Mostly just Gafford. Yeah, I'm going to have to align with you. Uh, it looks like we're right off to where we left off last time. and just in pretty much cahoots when it comes to our picks. So um, when it comes down to it, uh, Daniel Gafford is definitely in play. Uh, they made comments that he's going to get more minutes moving forward. Uh, for the time being, especially with, um, especially um, given the coach's comments recently. So that's something to monitor as well. We haven't seen that minute spike yet, um, but that could happen in this matchup, especially if he's had a foul trouble against Carl Anthony Towns. His last two games putting up over 30 fantasy points, and yet his price tag is under 5K. So that's a great value play at center uh, and something I definitely want to want to look at and, and continue to, to, to definitely target on the wizard side. And I'm with you. I think Bradley Beal just hasn't been consistent enough this season. His price tag reflects it. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of 50-point outings. In fact, we haven't seen any uh, over his last 10 games. So that's something to look at, too. 
Um, Daniel Gafford is my only play on the Wizards side of the ball in this matchup. We will keep it moving then. Next game, Atlanta Hawks traveling to Indiana. They're taking on the Pacers for the injury report. Bogdan Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, Anyeka Okungwu are all ruled out. And then we have Cam Reddish. Excuse my phone going off. Cam Reddish is questionable. For the Pacers, Justin Holiday has been ruled out. Miles Turner is questionable. He set out that last game with an illness, and we saw Demonis Sabonis just go bananas. Um, got the price increase with it. So I'll lead us off here. Uh, with the Hawks, I got a little interest here. I think Trey Young at 9,800, probably not a guy I end up spending up on. I haven't played much of Trey at all this season, but I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to. He's one of those guys where, you know, he's got a comfortable floor just because we know the assist totals are going to be there. The usage is going to be there. He's always capable of putting up 30-plus actual points. Uh, I'm not going to be overly invested in this game. If anything, I'm going to look at some of these ancillary options. Uh, you know, your Kevin Werder, your Danilo Gallinari, especially if we see Reddish sits. I think both these guys are very, very much in play. I'd probably lean more Werder just because of the comfortability, knowing that he's going to start. He's going to play starters-level minutes. Um and he just hasn't had that, you know, big game over the last three. And by big, I mean like 30 DK points. But the, you know, the, the three-point shooting has been rough for him, uh, needless to say. He's been three for his last 14 from deep. And I'm expecting him to write that ship. I'd expect double-digit shot attempts in this game for him. So at 4,400, he'd probably be my main target. And if you wanted to get freaky in GPPs, throw in a little bit of Gallinari. Yeah, um, I have to say... Uh, when it comes down to the Hawks, there's definitely a lot of interest here uh, for me as well. Um, definitely, definitely some guys that I'm looking at, especially if this game ends up staying close. Um, what the spread indicates that it will. Um, I like guys like Trey Young, 9800. He's been playing fantastic recently, um, putting up over, averaging over 50 fantasy points a game over his last five. Um, so I like Trey Young in this matchup against the Pacers. Um, going to be in play for me. I'm also going to have some interest in John Collins at 6,900. Uh, we haven't seen a 40-point effort from him in some time, uh, going back to a couple weeks ago against Boston, but this could be a great opportunity um, against the Pacers side. To, he's going to be overlooked as well, so something to consider for me. Um, I like John Collins here, and then you mentioned Kevin Werder. Um, I like Werder here um, at 4,400. I think he hasn't, he hasn't been playing really well recently. Uh, we haven't seen uh, consistent games um, out of him. If Cam Reddish ends up sitting out, he's a game-time decision. If he's out, um, I like Kevin Huerta a little bit more at 4,400 than usual. Uh, and that's it for me. I'm not going to have a lot of shares of Gallinari, uh, although I won't fault anyone for going there. Um, I, I just won't be looking in that direction. And, and that's it for me on the Hawks side. We will shift over. And, yeah, I didn't mention the game total. It's 217.5 with a one-point spread right now. Uh, looking at this Pacers team, only one guy. I mean, if Miles Turner gets rolled out, yes, Sabotis is right back in play. Even with that enormous price increase of a K uh, more, he's ninety four hundred now. But you know, do I expect him to put up another triple double, twenty five rebounds? No, but I do expect at least fifteen rebounds, and I would take that prop at fourteen, fifteen rebounds for Sabonis if Miles Turner's out. When he plays that center position, sky's the limit for him when it comes to rebounding. Uh, usage will be increased ever so slightly. Not like Miles Turner has a whole lot. But he gets increased efficiency look when he's playing more um, around the basket. So only reason I'd have him is if Miles Turner sits. If Miles Turner plays, I'll have no shares. But the other guy I want to talk about and that I will have a ton of shares of is Chris Duarte at 4K. Uh, with no Justin Holiday, he's probably going to be inserted back in that starting lineup, which means we should be seeing 30-plus minutes of Duarte again and at 4K. A guy that's consistently been putting up at least 20 DK points over the last five games. 
in limited minutes, sign me up. I'm good with it. 4K, I think, is a very comfortable price tag. He's going to be good for cash. GPP, you can play him there as well. Uh, but I think he's an excellent play for value at 4K. Yeah, I, I have to say, uh, when it comes down to the Pacers, um, on paper, there's definitely some things that I really love here as well. Um, when it comes down to it, the minus of 9,400 is a little bit too high of a price tag. I'm not going to chase 25 rebounds, but this is a great matchup for him going up against the Hawks where they're giving up some rebounding um, right in the middle of the pack when it comes to rebound percentage um, in as far as the NBA goes. So I like some bonus of 9,400. Do I think is, is warranting that price tag? No, um, but I'll have shares for him in, in a lot of tournaments uh, mostly. Not as much as a cash floor for me. Um, and then Malcolm Brogdon at 7,700, a guy that you know we've seen in the past put up numbers, coming off a nice 46-point effort uh, against the Timberwolves, but in this game, I'm not going to have too many shares of him. Again, mostly reserved for tournaments. Uh, you touched on Chris Duarte. Uh, that, that's a great price tag and a guy that should get ample of run, like you mentioned, um, and a guy that I'm going to be looking at pretty heavily as a value play on this slate, one of the best guard value plays, um, just given the uh, potential minutes he's going to be playing in this matchup um, against the Hawks. So I like him a lot. And those are the guys I'm going to look at. I'm not going to have a lot of shares of Karis LeVert for the 400 or Guys like TJ McConnell, despite um, the lower price, like a 4,400, I'm really going to be staying away in, in this type of game. So that's it for me on, on the Pacer side of the ball as well. Yeah, and this this one just kind of has like a little mini game stack feel to it. Um, I probably won't end up going there, but it wouldn't shock me if this ends up being one of those overtype time games. But we'll move on to the next one. Another 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, the last of the 7 o'clock start games. Denver Nuggets traveling to Orlando. Jokic coming off of a Miami hangover, partying with his Serbian brothers out there in the club uh, while they're playing the, what was it, the Serbian <laughs> national anthem over there. Uh, those dudes just took over Miami for the night. Uh, you know, it seems like Miami just totally forgot that they lost uh, and that this dude just beat the crap out of Markeith Morris like a couple weeks back. So they didn't care. Uh, shows how Markeith Morris, how much they love him down there. Uh, but looking at this game, so far, right now, uh, 206 game total. So a little bit of one of the lower ones of the day. Seven and a half favorites going towards Denver. For the injury report, P.J. Dozier done for the season. Michael Porter Jr. looking like he's done for the season. Jamal Murray out. Jamichael Green questionable. Orlando Magic, Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore, and now Jalen Suggs all rolled out. Looks like Cole Anthony will be back. I'll pass it over to you. Who are you looking at for Denver? Yeah, Denver side of the ball. I have to start with uh, Mr. Miami party animal himself, Nikola Jokic, at eleven thousand eight hundred. Uh, yes, he's one of the highest priced players on the slate, um, but I still think it's a great opportunity for a triple double, triple double type of game here. Uh, we haven't seen any triple doubles in his last few games, um, in quite a, in quite a couple of weeks actually for Jokic. So that's surprising. I think I expect him to get back on the triple double train here um, in a plus matchup against the Magic. Um, this is a great opportunity for him. So. I fully encourage uh, to play him in, in cash and tournaments alike. Um, and I'm not scared too much of the price tag either. I think he's he's refreshed and ready to go after this, after the um, after the sitting out with a wrist injury. Um, I think he's going to be back to, to his normal playmaking ways here. And, and triple-double alert is fully in effect here. Um, as far as anyone else in the Nuggets, I have a hard time really trusting anyone else, truthfully. Um, the other guys that I'm really looking at, are at the lower price of lower tier of the spectrum apologies when it comes down to it and that's the guards and that's bones highland coming back also from ankle injury come up 27 fantasy points at 3,000 salary in the last game against miami 
I expect um, him to get around 20, 25 minutes again in this game against Orlando, especially if it ends up being potential blowout. I love Bones Highland at 3,600. I think it's a, it's a great value price tag and a guy that I'm going to be playing in, in, in a few spots here and there as well. Uh, and that's pretty much it uh, on the Denver side of the ball. I'm not going to be looking at too much Aaron Gordon at 700. I think the price tag is just a little bit too high uh, for Mr. Gordon. Um, what about you? Are you liking Jokic here in, in this matchup? I love him. Uh, I'll never talk anybody off Joker. Um, like you said, triple-double upside. Game doesn't have the highest game total. I'm expecting a big game out of him. Like you said, potential triple-double. I agree with everything that you said over there. He's probably he's one of those guys we talked about before we got on air. Yeah, I was tossing and turning between some of these high-priced guys. It's only him and one other option for me. And we'll get to that other option in a few games. But I definitely think he's very, very much in play. And I can see myself playing a share or two of Bones Highland. Um I don't know if I'll go crazy because we do have some other guards that are cheap that we've talked about, and I don't know if I'd want to pair those two necessarily together. But I'm definitely interested to see. I think his minutes will probably even increase a little bit. He played 20 in that last one. It wouldn't shock me if he plays 22 or 23 here. So I'll keep him in my player pool. Those are the only two guys I'm looking at. On the Orlando side of the ball, with Cole Anthony back in play, it's going to take some usage. It's going to take some shot attempts away from a lot of these guys. We saw the kind of usage this guy was just grabbing a hold of uh, all throughout the season now. So we got to keep an eye on that. I know Jalen Suggs being out will increase a little bit of the usage for some of these other guys, but it's it's a, not a wash. Uh, you know, Anthony's usage was much higher than Suggs so far this season. So I want to keep an eye on what actually happens here. I, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. and Franz Wagner would probably be my two premium options or premier options I'd have any interest in. I think this would probably be more of a Wendell Carter Jr. game for me. But a lot of those good games were coming in the games where Cole Anthony was sitting. He was seeing a little bit of increased shot attempts. Um, a lot of the games that we saw Cole Anthony playing, he had tons of single-digit shot attempt games. And that worries me a, a little bit. The rebounds will still be there. Don't get me wrong. He'll still have a couple blocks, a couple steals here and there. That's not the issue. It's those double-digit shot attempts. And now he's up at 6300 still a comfortable price tag. But I don't want to get overindulged on a game that has a 206 game total right now where we have a bunch of other games we could choose from. It's costing a little bit of a you know pretty salary of us to pay 63. So I don't really love a whole lot here. I don't want to touch Cole Anthony in his first game back. Um, Gary Harris is in play as a value at 37, but you know I'm not going to go chasing big Gary Harris games. He's in play. I think I'd rather just pay the extra 300 for a guy like Duarte, but he also has some small forward eligibility as well. So for me, it's really going to be you know, a little bit of Franz, a little bit of Wendell Carter Jr., and maybe Gary Harris, but I'd probably rather avoid him and hope for the down game, let other people play him. Fair enough. Uh, when it comes down to the magic, I mean, it's interesting. It, you touch on a great point. Cole Anthony coming back in, in the mix is, is I think going to limit some of the upside potential of guys like RJ Hampton. He's been a popular pickup in fantasy hoops recently, but I just, I don't see that same level of potential. He did come on last end of last season was quite a bit. So something to keep in mind um, when we're plugging him into lineup 3,600. It, it, it is a cheap price tag, but I kind of prefer bones Highland on the other side of the ball when it comes down to that price tag. If we're splitting hairs um, when it comes down to the, the forward positions and the center positions, Mo Bamba um, coming off a game against the Sixers where he had six blocks and 17 rebounds. Do I expect a similar breakout? Not necessarily, but it's by 6,500, he's well in that mid-tier range. And I absolutely love Mo Bamba here. Um, it's going to be hard to choose between him and Wendell Carter at 6,300. Um, I think I might lean Wendell Carter uh, and save those $200. But again, it's pretty much a toss-up. 
I think they're both going to be in play, especially if this game stays close. Um, I expect both to, to really show out. And, and because Cole Anthony's in the, in the game, I'm not going to have a lot of interest in anyone else. So it's really going to come down to just Wendell and, and Mo Bamba for me. Don't fault you there. Mo Bamba has been one of those players I have not gotten right and haven't played too much of, which probably cost me a little bit of money on some of these explosive games that he's had. But that being said, we'll move on. 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Boston, taking on the Celtics. In this one, we have a 2.06. Actually, nope. Line just moved. 2.07 and a half. I wonder what that meant. Uh, Game total. Boston being favored by one. Uh, For the injury report, Celtics, Jalen Brown is questionable, but from what I've uh, what I've heard and what I've read on the Twitter sphere is that this might be the full, first game where the Celtics will have their entire roster. So I'm, I'm expecting him to play. And for the Sixers, Ben Simmons still out, Paul Reed and everybody else in the G League. So they should be good to go. So pretty much a full health game. I'll pass it over to you. Talk about Philly and what you're looking at here. Yeah, when it comes down to this matchup, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see um, how the Sixers end up playing some of their studs um, now that Embiid's back in the mix. Uh, it's really hard to fade him in any game, especially against the Celtics. I, he usually shows up for national TV, and this game is on NBA TV. So something to keep in mind here um, in this game. I know he's getting his legs back uh, from under him, but I mean, in his last game, he only had 44 fantasy points, um, but he also only shot four of 16 from the field. I expect him to to right this shit very quickly um, and shoot closer to 45 to 50% from the field, equating to around 50 to 55 fantasy points with ease. And, and I trust him. Um, and I might even tackle him as as a potential high price stud um, at that center position as well in this type of game scenario too. Um, as far as anyone else in the Sixers, now with Tobias Harris back, I don't trust him, 8,000. He's not going to be in play for me. Same goes down the line for Tyrese Maxey at 7,000. He has been putting up consistent numbers uh, pretty much throughout the season. Uh, and a guy that, that's really shown out um, in the absence of Ben Simmons, you mentioned. But again, at that price tag, I'd rather look elsewhere um, when I'm looking at the Sixers side of the ball. Um, with MB back, Drummond's not in play for me. Neither is Seth Curry, Shake Milton. Um, going down the line, there's not a single guy out there that that's worth a flyer for me on the Sixers side um, outside of potentially Danny Green. If you can get one of his four or five steal types of games um, at thirty four hundred, he might be worth a dart throw in tournaments, but absolutely not for cash. And it's only Embiid for cash for me. What about you? I'll make it very simple. No one. I am not playing any Sixers. Uh, <laughs> for take it for what it's worth. I, I just I might cross this entire game off in general. I don't think I'm going to be playing much on the other side of the ball either. So we'll just segue that right over there. I'm good. Uh, all these guys are priced appropriately. They're all pretty much healthy. Maybe the one caveat on the Boston side of things might be like Al Horford. Uh, this kind of feels like it could be one of those 35 to 40 DK point Al Horford games. But we're not getting real much of a discount. So... I think there's other options. Uh, it's a big slate. A lot of guys we've already talked about. We'll get to even more. So I think I'm going to take a hard pass on this game. Wow. Bold stand. Bold stand, my friend. Um, I, I have to say, on, on the Celtics side, I'm pretty much with you. Uh, like I said, Embiid was the only guy I trust for cash on the Sixers side. And on the Celtics side, you touched on it. No one's priced to a point where I want to tackle them. If Jaron Brown somehow ends up not playing, Jason Richardson is absolute. Sorry, Jason Richardson. <laughs> I'm, I'm dating myself <laughs> Throw, there. Throwback. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> <and a half. laughs> the, the dunk man. 
the dunk man, former Sixer as well. Um, but Josh Richardson is in play for me at 3,900 if we get news that Brown is out. Um, I'm going to be looking at him, but otherwise I'm with you. There's not a single other Celtics that I'm looking at. All right, we'll keep it moving then to the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Miami. They are taking on the Heat. A lot of guys to monitor in this one. 203 and a half game total with a seven and a half point spread being favored to Miami. Letting me think that a couple of these guys are going to end up suiting up. But to the injury report we go. Uh, looking at the, uh, the Cavs here. Dean Wade is still out. Colin Sexton, as we know, is done for the year. C.D. Osmond is out. The rest of the guys in the G League. Bam is questionable. Jimmy is questionable. Dwayne Dedman is questionable. Tyler Hero is probable. Looking like he's going to return. Markeith Morris, uh, he was not partying in Miami, so he is out. And then Marcus Garrett is in the G League. Victor Oladipo is still out. So we're really monitoring this heat news with Jimmy, Dwayne Dedman, Bam. Less of Dwayne Dedman, but more of Jimmy and Bam. Um, I'll start off here with the Cavs. Guys, pretty much priced appropriately. Don't like the game total. Really going to depend on who's actually playing for Miami for me. That's what it's going to come down to because normally not a defense I want to target all that much. Uh, but I don't mind that Mobley price tag at 65. Um, we haven't seen that big game really come from him since he's been back. But I have a good feeling that this could be one of those 40-plus ones or 35-plus ones if it stays close. So I don't mind looking at him at 65, but you know, not a whole lot of confidence just because of the matchup itself and the game total itself. So not a guy that's plug and playing, but I, I do have a little interest in him. Wouldn't mind Rubio if I land on him at 61, but I again, I don't see myself going to too many shares in this game in general. And Garland at 74. We're going to talk about a few other point guards that I like at around that similar insane price tag that I would rather take. So I'm probably not going to say I'm fading him. I'm going to keep a couple of these guys in my player pool, but I just don't see myself when it's all said and done, like in a single entry landing on any of them. Yeah, when it comes to the Cavs, they're definitely tough to, to spot, especially when they're priced appropriately, like you mentioned. Um, the guys that I'm looking at really uh, come down to some of the guys that um, I've been targeting in DFS lineups pretty consistently this season, and that's guys like Laurie Markkinen. He's priced at $6,000. Um, first time he's hit uh, the six k price range, but again, I think there's still a little bit of, of juice there um, that we can definitely squeeze out of him here, uh, which, which is good. Um, I, I think even despite this tough defensive matchup, uh, he might be overlooked, uh, especially in defensive matchups for the Heat. Uh, so a, a guy that I'm looking at at 6K and touched on Darius Garland, 7,400. Again, it's not the best matchup for him. Bam, and then when it comes down to Jared Allen as well, 8,100 is just a little bit too price price heavy. I mean, he, we have seen some ceiling type of games out of him. His last game, he did put up 50 fantasy points, but I don't see this being one of those high scoring affairs where we can really game stack or play a lot of these guys in, in that 6k and above price range and that doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room left for anyone else in the cab so i'm with you i'm going to stay away from anyone else all right on the miami side of things for me it's all going to be surrounding jimmy butler a little bit of bam as well if jimmy sits uh i'll have interest in tyler hero i think we could play kyle lowry i think both those guys coming to play if jimmy sits if Jimmy and Bam sit, they become even better plays. And then, obviously, if Deadman plays, he comes a near-minimum salary value play. Um, and then if – this is all a scenario, so buckle up. Um, if Bam and Jimmy sit, then I think it just gets a little bit a little bit tougher. They're going to have to play big. Um, do we get to see uh, your seven play? Possibly. Um, do I trust them completely? Not as much, No. 
but they're going to have to match up with the size of this front court. They're not going to be able to just get away with throwing P.J. Tucker at center and calling it a day. So he would come into play as a GPP. If we see that he actually starts, hopefully they don't, they don't start Haslam. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Haslam guy. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I love to see him get, you know, five minutes and be that, you know, that coach on the sideline still. But I'd want to see your seven start. It just just for some fun and for some DFS purposes. The dude's a point-per-minute monster, very similar to Sangoon, where if these guys ever just get the run, they're going to be monsters for fantasy. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. If Jimmy plays, he's in play for me at 9300 I think that's a fair price tag. Um, just not a guy that I'm overly excited about in this matchup. Again, another one with a lower game total. I think we'd rather spend up on some other spots where I'd, I'd be targeting the upside. He'd probably be more of a GPP play, but that's the way I'm looking at it. It would be Tyler Hero and Kyle if these guys sit, and then just monitoring the BAM news and seeing who's starting center in place of him if he sits. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's all about game scenarios here, um, depending on who is gonna, um, who's going to end up playing uh, in this game. So if we get news, any of these guys are out, um, yes, uh, I will have some interest as well. Um, in GPPs for year seven at 3000 in price tag, not as much, obviously Haslam, but I, I have to shout out Haslam for, for somehow staying on, on the Miami Heat roster for, for upwards of 20 years now. Um, just given his, his, just his play in those 20 years, it's, it's incredible, really his longevity. So definitely the Iron Man there. So quick shout out to Udonis Haslam down in Miami. Just listening to, to our pod. Um, huge fan of the pod, huge fan of the pod. <laughs> huge fan. Um, and then uh, as far as anyone else in the heat, Kyle Lowry, 7,600, is definitely going to be a guy that I'm looking at pretty heavily um, in, in this matchup, especially if Butler's out. I love him. If Bam Adebayo's out as well, even more love. And he might becomes almost a must-roster kind of guy in cash and tournaments alike. And then, obviously, that's that's pretty much it for me. Tyler Hero, 7,200, is also going to be in play if Butler and Bam are both out. Um, and, and that's it on, on the Heat side. All right, we'll keep it moving to uh, one of my favorite matchups just because it's got Charlotte on it, and I think I've, I've probably won a lot of money targeting Charlotte this season. So hopefully this is another slate we can do that. But the Charlotte Hornets traveling to Milwaukee, taking on the Bucks here, 230 game total. So looks like that's going to be the highest that we have out right now. Eight-point spread being favored towards Milwaukee. For the injury report, Mason Plumlee continues to be ruled out. Cody Martin is questionable for the Bucs. Dante DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez both rolled out along with Semi Ojale. And then Jordan Nwora is probable. So I'll pass it over to you. Why don't you lead us off looking at this Charlotte team? Who are you looking at? Who are you targeting? Um, and again, are you worried about this game staying close? Do you think Charlotte can hang in? Yeah, it's definitely a worry for me um, whether this game can actually stay close. But um, I do expect Charlotte to, to battle well, um, despite the Bucks being uh, pretty much at, at full um, full capacity when it comes to full strength. Sorry, um, but I, I still think Charlotte has definitely some plays here. If this game stays close, another ball 10,400 is going to be in play, but he's going to be the one that's driving that force to stay close. Triple double watch for sure, um, and just an incredible run he's been on. He's had a couple of duds in between against Minnesota and the Magic, but I still think that he's going to be in play if this game stays close. If this game stays close, I don't mind stacking him with Terry Rozier at 7,200. Rozier has been on a tear from a scoring perspective, um, scoring almost 30 points a game outside of one dud uh, in his last five. So I, I absolutely love Rozier if this game stays close, too, as a potential game stack with a ball. 
Um, and then as far as the front court goes, I think PJ Washington 5100 is priced a little bit too high, but this is a great matchup against the Bucs potentially where uh, he's going to be going up against the second unit of the Bucs. So I, I don't mind PJ Washington more for tournaments more than anything. Uh, and then Gordon Hayward, uh, also a, a guy that I just overlooked a little bit, but he is 6300 um, coming off a 36 point effort. He doesn't have as high a ceiling either, but if we're talking about a game stack scenario, He's definitely a name dimension as well. Um, but my favorite plays are going to be Terry Rozier and the mellow ball on, on the Hornets side. Uh, what about you? The Hornets, uh, they are causing me a headache a little bit because I, I want to run it back if I'm playing some Bucks guys. And the best way I usually do that against the Bucks is three-point shooters. You said Rozier, like he's been shooting lights out. A little bit unsustainable, like six of seven from three in the last one. You know, three of three, two games prior to that. Took 16 three-pointers against Houston. So, I mean, he's been shooting the three-ball pretty well. Uh, He could definitely be an option. My thought is this guy's got to cool off eventually. And I had a couple shares of him over that stretch. I don't know if this is the game he cools off of. Uh, I think that they're probably going to put Drew Holiday on the mellow, which gives me a little bit more liking to Rozier. So I'm probably looking at Rozier and Oubre. I'm I'm sorry, I said Oubre. Oubre is definitely in play, and he's definitely an option. Um, he's another guy I'm looking at, but Washington was the guy I meant to say. Uh, those are probably the three main guys I have any interest in. And Washington, I, I'm assuming he might draw the start in this one. He, you know, he came off the bench in that last one, started the previous game, so we just have to see that game that he came off the bench. I believe it was a back-to-back, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was the back-to-back that he started both of those. So I got to keep an eye on him, um, kind of see what this lineup looks like. If he starts, I'll have a little bit more interest. Even if he comes off the bench, I th- I still think he's in play. I just think we're probably looking at low 30s minutes if he comes off the bench. And if he starts, he'll probably be looking at mid-30s minutes. So he's in play at 51. Centers usually do a pretty decent job against this Bucks team. He's undersized, which is the one worry you always have to have. It's not a normal center build going against them. But he can stretch the floor. So Washington, Ubre, Rozier are all decent options. I'm just not like mightily gravitating towards any of them. On the Bucks side of things, it's a little bit different. I, I like a lot over here. I love targeting Charlotte. Uh, they play at one of the fastest paces with one of the worst defenses in the league. This is where it gets troublesome. Do I play Giannis or do I play Jokic? I think both these guys are expensive as all hell, and I think they're all you know both very much in play. This could be a 15-plus rebound game for Giannis. They just have nobody on their interior. I don't know what they plan on doing. This dude's been shooting like 74% over the last like three games. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. I think he's just going to dominate. And that's the one where I have this. He dominates so hard that he only gets three quarters in. So I would probably, if I'm playing any, like if I'm playing Giannis, I'm probably going to want to run it back with like a Rozier or somebody on the other side of the ball and just cross my fingers and hope this game stays close. But the total's high. The pace is high for both teams. It's, it's a picture-perfect matchup. Now, the other guy I'd probably have interest in would be Bobby Portis at 68. Don't love that price tag at all. Don't get me wrong. Not my favorite price tag. But I just said it. I've been targeting centers going against this Hornets team ever since Mason Plumley sat, and it has yet to fail me. It was Sabonis. It was looking at, I think, even Isaiah Stewart. Uh, not Isaiah Stewart. Christian Wood had a monster one against them. Um, I'm saying Isaiah Stewart because I'm, I'm getting ready to watch this game when we're done with the show. But uh, there's a lot to like. Anytime a decent center is going against the Charlotte team and Mason Plumlee's out, they should cook. So more of a GPP play just because that price tag almost prices them a little bit out of cash. 
But I think Bobby Portis and Giannis would be my two main options. And listen, if you don't, if you can't get to Giannis and you wanted to spend up on a guy like Middleton or or Holiday, I wouldn't fault you. I just haven't seen those ceiling type performances really out of either one. We got the big one out of Drew against Indiana in that last one, uh, but that was almost a triple double. And it's not every day that Drew is going to almost triple double with twenty three points. So took twenty one shot attempts in that one. I don't know if he's going to run it back and do the same thing again. But there's a lot to like on this team, so I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to pretty much anybody. But for me, it's mostly Giannis and Bobby Portis. Yeah, when it comes down to the Bucks, uh, again, uh, do I expect this game to be high score? Yes. Uh, do I expect it to stay close? Also, yes. So obviously, if I'm playing my narrative of a game stack scenario, uh, it starts with Giannis. It, it is tough because he's the highest priced player in the entire set, 12,100, and it's he's priced almost at a point where it's hard to trust him. But he's a guy that we know has monster upside in this type of game scenario, um, especially with guys like Drew Holiday back that feed him the ball a little bit more. Um, I, I do like Giannis, but again, it's going to be a very much a toss-up between him and Yogic, like you mentioned. So um, definitely something to consider when we're building lineups, especially since it's, it's, it's a game where um, a lot of people might target it just because of the high scoring and fair nature of it. So if you want to be more contrarian, you might avoid Giannis here. Um, guys I'm looking at instead of Giannis are guys like Chris Middleton, 7,400. We haven't seen a Chris Middleton type of ceiling game um, pretty much for most of the season uh, outside of outside of early October. So uh, he's been, he was out for a while. Now he's getting his legs back into him. Obviously, I'm biased to Chris Middleton, as you've heard in the pod before. Um, I drafted him way too high in some spots, and he hasn't performed. So I think this could be a great game scenario for him to, to really shine, especially – um, if the Bucks go up big early, uh, this could be a great game for him at 7,400. Um, yeah, it would have it would have shocked me. Yeah, 100 percent, 100. It's it's definitely in play at least. And then Drew Holiday is the only other guy I'm looking at. It's 6,900. Another guy that we haven't seen a huge game yet. Obviously against the Pacers in the last one, he did put up a big monster 47 point fantasy effort. But Again, this could be a great opportunity for him to put up 45 fantasy points with ease, too, um, and a guy that I'm going to be looking at as well. So I definitely touched on way too many guys on both sides of the ball, but uh, that's how much confidence I have in this game and this game staying close. Yeah, and it's it's one of those, like, this is these are the types of matchups you want to target in, in fantasy. It, it's almost like when I saw the Houston Rockets going against the Hornets. It's fast-paced teams. I mean, I'm not going to say they're both bad defenses in this case, but... Um, the Hornets' defense is terrible, and the Bucks play pretty fast. So you, there's a lot to like. There's always, and now it's just trying to, you know, you don't, you could game stack these, and if it stays close, you're going to probably end up winning some money. But the Bucks are such a good team where there's always that little inherent risk where you, you don't necessarily feel as confident spending that 12-1 on Giannis, just because of how bad that Hornets' defense is. Where, I mean, let's be real, shit could hit the fan. And it could go, you know, it could by the end of the first quarter, it could be 30 to 11. And it probably wouldn't shock anybody if it went that way. And then at that point, you're looking and saying, why didn't I spend up on, on Jokic? Why didn't I spend up on Luka? Um, there's other options we have, but I'm still going to have shares of them. Maybe he's not your cash game spend up. And that's the way I'm looking at it. And GPP's definitely a spend up. But like I said, I might want to run it back with somebody. Uh, on to the next game, though, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. This one should stay a little a little guaranteed closer. Houston Rockets going to OKC. It's a rematch. We just saw these two teams face off, and there was some fancy goodness. Two 11.5 game total. Oklahoma City being favored by three points, despite the Rockets on a little streak. Uh, DJ Augustin still in the health and safety protocols. Jalen Green ruled out. Oklahoma City, it's 
Mike Muscala questionable. Kendrick Williams is going to be out for the next week or two uh, dealing with that ankle sprain. Derek Favors has been ruled out again. So there's going to be some options in here. We'll start off with Houston here. Christian Wood all the way up to 8-9. So we're uh, we're seeing that, that price tag jump from that low to mid-sevens range to a game where we have to think about it, or a price we have to think about it. And the big difference is he's playing more center. And I think that's huge for him. That's a big boon to his rebounding upside and his value in general. Eight, nine, he's still in play. Uh, is he that smash play? That Am I going to play him a ton of them? I probably had a good, a good 60 to 70% of him in my lineups over the past three games. And I might start to turn that dial down from 60 to 20. Um, I still think he's very much in play. But at 89, it, it makes you have to think about you know your construction and your build. He might be more more based towards like a, a mid-tier uh, build where if you're not paying up for many studs or any studs, that's probably the route I would take is get him in there. Uh, but there's other options on this team. I really like Kevin Porter Jr. His price tag going up a little bit as well. Don't care. 7,400 still very, very comfortable for me. I'm going to play him as long as Jalen Green's out. And until he gets to closer to 8K, I think he's going to be in play. It's a great matchup. We just saw him triple-double against this team. Granted, it was a, a, a gimme rebound, uh, one that he had no idea on. So if you're one of those people who are like, oh, his teammates let him get it, uh, he didn't even know that was happening. Otherwise, it wouldn't have taken him six seconds to go and get the rebound. So 7,400, I'll have interest in him. I think Eric Gordon's very much in play in this matchup as well. Uh, just another dude that has been starting. He's going to continue to get double-digit shot attempts, a little bit of ball handling. So... Sign me up. I'm good with Kevin Porter Jr. as my top play. Christian Wood as a like a GPP play. You can even look at him in cash. I wouldn't fault you. Um, Garrison Matthews at 43. Price tag slowly going up, but if he's going to continue to get 20-plus DK points at 4,300, he's a value. Still preferred Duarte and some of those other guys we talked about earlier, but he's in play. So that's probably it. It's going to be Wood, Porter Jr., Matthews, a little bit of Eric Gordon as like a pivot off of my Kevin Porter Jr. lineups. Yeah, uh, I think I'm, I'm mostly aligned with you across the board. The only exception uh, it comes down to is Jay, I like Jay Sean Tate at 5,400. Uh, again, his price tag is in the back to the mid-5K range. He's getting minutes in, in, the, in the high 20s, low 30s. A guy that can get rebounds, get assists. Um, doesn't hurt you in any way from a DFS perspective, but doesn't necessarily have as high a ceiling as some of the guys you mentioned, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood. Um, but a guy that, that can definitely fill up the stat sheet, and, and he has in his last game against the Thunder. So I, I like to run it back here with Jay Sean Tate. Kevin Porter Jr., you mentioned, a guy triple-double watch recently. Um, definitely going to have a lot of interest in him in cash and tournament games. Christian Wood is also going to be a tournament play for me, um, more than cash as well, you mentioned. And then Garrison Matthews uh, has been getting a lot of minutes recently. He's starting, um, and and what what an effort for him Um in his recent games, too, coming from the G League, uh, barely getting any minutes at all this season that they're now starting playing 30 minutes, putting up uh, fantasy relevant uh, performances. So a shout out to him um, and his work ethic there. Um, so th- that's exciting to see. Uh, and so I definitely have some interest here on a bunch of guys in the Rocket side of the ball as well. All right. We'll, we'll slide over to that segue to the Rockets. Um, only two guys I'm really looking at. It's going to be Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Been drawing the start at center, no Derek Favors. And then we've been seeing little splashes of the guy that we thought was going to be their starting center at the beginning of the season, who's Isaiah Roby. Uh, he played 27 minutes in that last game. I don't expect him to shoot 8 of 10 again. Um, but at 3,400, if for some reason we see him drawing the start, he's very, very much a great value play. Even if he doesn't draw the start, 
I'd probably limit him to GPPs. I don't have the confidence yet to say play him in cash. But at 3,400, I'll have interest in both these starting centers. Um, well, they can't both start center. But I'll have interest in both these guys. A little upsetting that Roby doesn't have power forward eligibility. But those are probably the two main pieces I have interest in. Shea is a great play. But 8,300, there's other guys I'd rather play. And I can't play all these AK guys. It's not going to be able to happen on this slate. So I got to start eliminating some. But if you wanted to play them, I wouldn't fault you. Don't see myself going to Dort or Giddy um, or Baisley. I just don't see myself landing on either on any of those guys. But it's a great matchup, so I don't fault you if you do. Yeah, when it comes down to the, the Thunder side of the ball, I'm with you. As far as value goes, Isaiah Roby is a guy that I'm looking at from that center. Which is 3400 is a great price tag. Um, anyone else, Josh Giddy, 6,600 is just priced too high. We haven't seen him, uh, the young rookie, put up a lot of scoring recently. He hasn't really been doing a lot of that, um, which which is definitely hurting a lot of his daily fantasy potential. Um, once he figures out how to score, he's like a triple-double watch every night of, of the week, uh, in my opinion. So we'll have to monitor that rest of the season. Uh, when it comes down to anyone else on the Thunder side, um, I'm probably going to stay away. Uh, Trey Mann is a guy that is a rookie that I'm intrigued by um, and a guy that we've seen some flashes this season coming off a 30 minute game where he did put up 32 fantasy points at 3,500 might be too, too risky of a play, but he's going to be very low owned in this game. Um, and if he does put up 25, 30 fantasy points, that can really win some, some nice lineups potentially. Um, so that's a name to look at. So the guys I'm looking at is probably going to be Isaiah Roby number one followed by a little bit of, of Trey Mann, and that's it for me on, on the Thunder side. All right, we'll keep it moving. Only two games remaining, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Dallas Mavericks traveling to New Orleans. They are taking on the Pelicans. Uh, Got to keep an eye on this injury report because the big name, Kristaps Porzingis, is questionable. Twisted his ankle in that last game, sprained it, did not return. I imagine he probably sits this one out. Willie Cauley-Stein will remain out. Frank Nittiklina, out. For the Pelicans, they are good to go outside of Zion. Right now, this game has a 214 game total, Dallas being favored by four points. Quite simple for me here. Luka Doncic in play. If Porzingis sits, the upside's even greater. The usage will be higher. We've seen him triple-double in that last one. So, again, throw another guy in there. Uh, this one has a higher game total than the Denver-Orlando game. Uh, better chance of staying close, I think, than that Charlotte-Milwaukee game. But I still think I prefer the other two guys over him ever so slightly. If Chris Stops gets ruled out, that that's going to throw a wrench into things because I don't think I'll have the money to spend 12 k on two different players. I'm only going to be able to pick one of these guys for the most part. Um, unless, you know, we get Value City, which is, which is always nice. But then I also want to take advantage of whoever steps in for Chris Stops. I think Kleber and Dorian Finney-Smith would be the two guys to do so. Uh, I played some Kleber on that lastly. I didn't get the rebounds. I got the 13 points I wanted. I didn't get the rebounds. But eventually, he's going to take over that starting center spot. We've already heard Jason Kidd come out and talk about that. They're just trying to get him back into game shape. Uh, ever since he missed some time, he was dealing dealing with that, uh, I think it was an oblique uh, injury, perhaps. But he's needs to get back into game shape, and that's the number one thing for him. But this could be one of those matchups. We've seen him play 30 minutes already a couple times when he came back. I'm expecting somewhere around that, you know, 25 bare minimum up to 32 minutes. At 4,300, he's in play. And then we might just see Finney Smith slide over to the floor. They started Moses Brown in that last game. Don't play Moses Brown. He's just kind of taking that Willie Cauley-Stein role where he's playing 10 minutes, just a, you know, placeholder kind of thing, letting Kleber come off the bench. But keep an eye on the starting lineup. It may start to switch where Kleber is eventually going to draw that start at center. 
And then Dorian Finney will probably still slide up to the four if Porzingis is out. But I think both those guys are very, very much in play. I think they're good plays. And then I think Doncic is always going to be in play, especially if Porzingis sits. Yeah, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I mean, if Porzingis is out, Doncic is going to be a rock-solid play at that high price tag. Again, we have so many guys at that high price that it's going to be really hard to choose. And, and you mentioned juggling two guys potentially over $11,000 in your lineup. Um, it will have to really build out so some interesting lineups to fit them. But I don't have as, as high interest in Luka as I did uh, other guys like Giannis and, and uh, Jokic earlier. But still, this could be a great opportunity for him to put up another triple-double, uh, something we haven't seen a lot of this season, surprisingly, but something to look at. Um, and then if Porzingis is out, I do like Mexic Kleber at 4,300 a little bit more. Um, he's going to be in play for me at, at that price tag. He's definitely a guy that I'm looking at and a guy that I'm going to have some interest in. Um, you mentioned Dorian Finney-Smith at 4,200, also in play uh, as a potential guy to replace some of those usage in minutes for Porzingis if he is out. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me on the Dallas side. I'm not going to tackle – I'm not going to uh, target a lot of Moses Brown despite him starting the last couple of games. We did see Moses Brown uh, act as a world beater in fantasy uh, in DFS as well last season in the Thunder, um, but we haven't seen any of that, uh, even any even instances of that uh, on the no. Maverick side. So, so I, I I'm gonna steer clear far away from Moses Brown here. He's too raw. Um, maybe in the future this guy has some potential, but as of right now in his career, he's way way too raw of a prospect. Sometimes he looks just a little lost out there. He has trouble keeping up with the speed of the NBA game. Uh, he has all the block potential and the rebounding potential in the world, but he's not going to get it done in 10 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Hard pass on him. On to this Pelican side of the ball, Brandon Ingram, 7,500. Great price tag for a guy that pretty comfortably could put up 40 every single game. He hasn't showed us that 50-point upside. We even saw a couple 60-point upside games in, from him in the past. 7,500, he's Right there, smack dab. I think he's one of the better mid-tier value plays um, on the slate. So I do have some interest in Brandon Ingram. Outside of him, um, wouldn't mind taking a stab at a guy like Devontae Graham at 46, but I'll probably end up going other places like Duarte for only $600 cheaper, getting that extra money, spending it somewhere else. So I think for the most part, it's really just going to be Brandon Ingram. Um, <laughs> if Joe Val has another game like that, I'll eat it off the chin. Not expecting this dude to hit seven of eight three-pointers and put up 39 actual points and 15 boards and all that. Uh, that was a great matchup against the Clippers. We touched on that in the podcast. It wouldn't shock me if it was one of those instances. You hear me say it a lot. Would it shock me if he has a great game? Absolutely not. Uh, Dallas is pretty weak on the interior. They give up points to centers often. But paying 9200 for him is just not something I'm, I'm looking to do. Yeah, when it comes down to it, on, on, on this side of the ball, on the Pelicans, I mean, Brandon Ingram, great price tag, uh, a guy that does have that huge upside you mentioned. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of it this season, uh, but he has 45 points written all over him potentially in this matchup. A guy I'm looking at. I actually love J-Val. I've, I've been targeting him quite a bit in DFS. He has burned me on several occasions, but a guy that we've seen what he can do. Is he going to ever make seven three-pointers again in his career in a game? Probably not. Uh, but I also think that he has so much potential here going up against Dallas and, and their weak front court that he can put up uh, solid 45, 50 fantasy points without blinking uh, in this game, if, especially if it stays close. So I like Jay Val and Brandon Ingram as my two guys I'm looking at. Not a lot of ton of value here that I'm really going to be tackling or, or really chasing. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker was a, a great story earlier this season, but he's been tapered off significantly recently. So I'm not going to look in there. I also have some interest as a player in Herbert Jones. 
but again, a guy that we haven't seen a lot of offensive ability outside of his last game against against the Clippers, and that was a blowout scenario. So I, I don't expect a lot of interest there as well. Um, so I'm just really just looking at the two top tier guys, and that's uh, Jay Val and, and, and Brandon Ingram you mentioned as well. All right, final game of the night, standalone late game, starting at 10:30 Eastern Standard Time. Sacramento traveling to LA. Uh, not much of a travel for them. They're on a back-to-back. They're playing the Lakers there tonight. So they will stay in the Staples Centers for two straight nights, just facing a different team. Uh, right now, we do not have a game total. We do not have uh, – actually, no, we do. 219.5, 6.5-point uh, um, spread to the Clippers. Uh, no injury report for the Kings, but for the Clippers, Batum, Kawhi Leonard, both ruled out, as we know. And then Jason Preston is ruled out as well. Uh, notable names for the Kings that sat tonight, Barnes and Bagley both sat out. Uh, along with Mo Harkless. So the front court might be a little depleted, again, for a back-to-back game. Looking at this Sacramento team, I think this is a fantastic spot for Rashawn Holmes. He's a great price tag at 5800 It's going to be a back-to-back. I don't really care about that. Um, he was out, I think it was due to an eye injury. Uh, so sign me up. I'm good with him. 5800 smash spot for him. We had a little technical difficulty. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be chopped into the previous recording, but leaving off, we didn't want to we didn't want to just end it there. But leaving off on the final game of the night, standalone late game, ten thirty Eastern Standard Time game, Sacramento on the second half of a back to back, staying in the Staples Center, which is getting renamed. So I don't know if we can even call it the Staples Center anymore. Uh, taking on the Clippers for an injury report: Clippers, Batum, Leonard, Jason Preston, all out for the Kings. We saw that Bagley. Barnes and Mo Harkless sat out for tonight's game. So wouldn't shock me if those three guys happen to sit out another one. Starting off with uh, a game total. We'll get to that actually before I start off. 219 and a half. Clippers favored by six and a half. Looking at this Sacramento team, there's one guy that really stands out to me as somebody that I could see myself having some decent shares of, and that would be Rashawn Holmes at 5,800. We just saw the uh, Jonas big game coming against this team. Rashawn Holmes won't step out and hit seven of eight three-pointers, but he should clean up the glass on this Clippers front court. I'm fully expecting that. Uh, not a guy that they like to pull off the court, especially while they're undersized. So I'm expecting a big game. This one kind of has like one of those 15 and 13 games written all over it for Holmes. He'll get chipping a couple blocks. I'm, ex- I'm fully expecting 30 to 35 plus DK points out of him in this one. So Rashawn Holmes is probably going to be my main target. Wouldn't mind taking a stab at a guy like Terrence Davis if he draws another start as a value play. I think we have better options that we've already talked about, but I'll keep him in my player pool. Those are going to be the two guys I'm primarily looking at. I'm not going to be paying 88 for Fox, despite his better play as of recently. Um, and I'll, eh, I don't, wouldn't mind Buddy Heald, but I don't think I'll end up going there at the end of the day. So for me, it's mostly going to be Rashawn Holmes and maybe a stab at Terrence Davis, mostly in those like later lineup builds. Yeah, when it comes down to the Kings, um, it's interesting. Rashawn Holmes, fee 800, I think, is one of the, the best uh, players in that in the 5K price range. Apologies. So I definitely like him a lot. Uh, the only guy I'm looking at else on the Kings is one other name I'm looking at, and that's uh, one of the uh, surprise players that have been added to the starting lineup. But it's not Terrence Davis. It's Chemezi Metu. Uh, I really like him, 3,800. Uh, we have seen some potential in his last game. He did put up 20, over 28 fantasy points in a matchup against the Grizzlies. Um, again, it's a back-to-back set, so it's something to monitor as well um, and something to keep in mind when we're looking at guys like this. But from a value perspective, um, he's definitely a guy that if he gets 25, 30 minutes in a game, he should be able to get enough rebounds and, and enough 
uh, enough offensive numbers to make it worth worth our while here. So those are the guys I'm looking at, and that's going to be Rashawn Holmes and, and Metu, and, and, and that's pretty much it on the Kings side of the ball as well. All right, we'll slide over to the Clippers. Uh, looking at this team, there's one guy that really stands out to me as somebody I can see myself having a few shares of, uh, and that's going to be Marcus Morris. Uh, he's finally back to playing good minutes. He played 34 minutes against the Warriors, uh, played 31 against Dallas. So it looks like they're not afraid to play in these big minutes. He's only 4,400, fills up that forward spot. I like the matchup right here. So I am good with having some Marcus Morris. He's probably going to be the only guy. Wouldn't shock me if we see a decent Zubac game in here, but I'm not going to go out on a limb and say play him. I would say in your tournaments only, the centers have dominated the Kings all season long, along with shooting guards, but they don't really have a traditional shooting guard here. So I'm probably just going to be leaning Marcus Morris. I don't see myself getting to Paul George, despite thinking he's going to have a good game, which is not fitting my bills as of now. So I'll leave it with just Marcus Morris. Yeah, when it comes down to the Clippers, uh, a team that I was targeting quite a bit earlier in the season when it came down to the Daily Fantasy, but for some reason, lately, I haven't had as much interest. Um, and Paul George is a guy at 10200 is just priced a little bit too high for me, um, given this game scenario. Does he have 50-point upside? Yes. I just don't see that happening against a King, especially going up against a Kings team that might be tired on a back-to-back uh, play in the Lakers the night before. So that's something to keep in mind as well. I'm not going to be looking at Paul George too much. Um, you touched on Marcus Morris, 4,400. That's a great price tag for him. Um, and then and then as far as anyone else on the Clippers side of the ball, when it comes to the guard positions, um, Eric Bledsoe, 4,900, uh, is a GBP-only type of play for me. We have not seen great great games out of him recently. Um, he's been very much inconsistent this season. Uh, but he does have 30, 35-point upside. At 4,900, might be worth a shot in tournaments in this game against the Kings. But... Again, outside of a guy like Marcus Morris, 4,400, there's not a lot of ton of, of value here that I trust uh, on the Clippers side of the ball either. And, and that's pretty much it for me on the Clippers side of, of, of the ball. All right. We will wrap that up with our player tier segment. So I'll pass it over to you. Expensive tier. Who are you looking at? Yeah, expensive tier. Uh, I'm going to have to go with um, it's going to be Nikola Jokic for me on the expensive side. What about you? Um, I like it. Obviously, you heard it's. I'm probably just gonna go with the other guy that we talked about and take the cop out. Go Giannis, twelve one. Uh, it's gonna be tough to get there. I think that for a lot of people it will be, but I just love both these guys tonight. I think you know that game script. If it stays close, there's no way in hell this dude doesn't put up sixty plus. So I'll take Giannis. I think he actually does pay off that that twelve one price tag. And for the mid tier, eight K or less, who you got your eye on? I'm going to be looking at Drew Holiday. I think uh, another Bucks uh, target here. Just We touched on how much we want to stack this game. So I'm going to go with another guy on the Bucks side uh, th- that I trust in this matchup. I was tempted to say Kevin Porter Jr., which who I really do like. But I think i got to stay on brand uh, and go with Rashawn Holmes at 58. I do like Holmes as well in this matchup. I think he'll barely draw any ownership on the slate. We're going to need to save a little bit of money. Um, and I think at 5,800, he's a good option. So much as I wanted to just keep riding. I, I will keep riding that Kevin Porter. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I will have plenty of shares of Kevin Porter Jr. as well, uh, but I'm going to go over Sean Holmes in this mid-tier. And then to wrap it up, give me your favorite value play of the slate, 5K or less. Yeah, when it comes down to value, we definitely touched on so many names here. Um, and I'm going to have to go uh, go with one of the earlier guys we touched on. And, and I don't want to take a page out of your book, but I have to. I'm going to go Chris Duarte at 4,000. Uh, on the Pacers side of the ball. I think his minutes are going to be uh, pr- pretty high here. 
uh, and it's a great matchup for him as well. Yeah, you ripped that page right out. That's who I was going to go with. Um, no problem. Uh, I'll I'll recover here. I'm going to give a caveat because we need to wait on the injury news. But if we see that Anthony Edwards is ruled out, I think Bleak Beasley at 45 is a fantastic option. Um, but if we – and then the other guy is going to be another injury caveat. If we see that Kristaps Porzingis is ruled out, I think looking at Kleber is another rock-solid option. But we've talked about so many value plays that you know you might, you might have to listen twice. Um, because now I'm even forgetting a bunch of them that we went over, but those are, those are two guys that stand out to me that I had interest in. So we'll go with those two. And, uh, hopefully one, I don't want to say hopefully one of those guys sits because I think any game that Anthony Edwards sits is a crime. Uh, the dude is so fun to watch. One of the best people in the media too. best interviews, I think go to Anthony Edwards this season, but that brings us home. Thank you guys for listening. Give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apatria, M I K E A P O T R I A. Dave, let the people know where they can find you. Yep, you can find me at D-M-E-N-K-3-3 on Twitter as well. And then give us a thumbs up, five star, wherever you are listening to this. Apple's, Stitcher, Spotify. Oh, they found it. See, she found it on the web. Uh, If Siri can find it on the web, you guys can find it on the web and give us a five star thumbs up, wherever you're listening. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, Show fell off the rails towards the end, so if you are noticing some audio and technical issues, uh, that is on us. It's not your computer. It's not your your headphones or your phone. It is us. It got a little crunched up towards the end. So we do apologize. Don't put it against us in that review, please. Five star. And even if you do, put a five star rating anyway. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back tomorrow. It will be me. It will be Harris. We'll be crushing that wonderful, wonderful Thursday slate for you. So take care. Have a good one. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.